What up, everybody? This your boy, B-Rob, and you are now listening to the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And after you're done listening to this man in his oh, so savory voice, come on over to randomrobcast.com to where you can listen to the Random Ramblings with Rob. Yeah. Well, hello, hello. How you doing? How you doing? This is the S. Anthony Says Podcast. This is the S. Anthony Thomas. This is episode number 285-285. How you doing? How you doing, you bastards? Well, folks, last night, I sat back and I watched the Canelo Triple G fight. Did any of you see it? Hmm? Did any of you hear about it? Hmm? Well, if you have, well, if you want to find out how I feel about it, go to my Twitter feed and read it. Nah, never mind. Stay in your car because I'm pretty, from what I understand, a lot of you listen to this on the way to work or the way home or at the gym or whatever. Keep doing what you're doing and listen to these smooth tones. I'm just going to say that was complete horse crap. A draw. Get the hell out of here with that crap. See, it's things like that and many other things that are kind of sucking the joy of watching sports out of me. You know, when you can watch something and you can see what's happening right in front of you, you know, there's a consensus because it's very, very obvious what's happening. And then the judges specifically one says the exact opposite happened. And another one is a huge punk and goes, oh, it's equal. It's a tie. (laughs) When you have two of the three judges who apparently are looking at the thing you just saw and they're looking at it through a bizarro lens and there's nothing you could do to correct the fact that both of them are blatantly wrong. And the two people that went in there and killed themselves were basically just told, hey, nothing just happened. <laughs> I know you spent months training for this and dieting and exercising and you sat there and you smacked the crap out of each other for 12 rounds. And it was very obvious that one of you won to everybody with who could see, <laughs> but nothing just happened. You know, you had a you had a 38 or 37 and 0 record now with 38 0 and 1. So even though technically it's not a loss, it's not a perfect record anymore. And you had one loss and uh, you lost this particular fight. But now you also have a, the, another draw in there. <laughs> Nothing just happened. <laughs> Everybody. Wa- look at this. Uh, this See this this wand like in that movie Men in Black. Pff, see, nothing happened because that's what you just went through. Right. People spent money for that fight. They wanted to see a good fight. They saw a good fight. They wanted to get a result and they did not get one. What kind of crap is that? How could you have two of the three people making the unchangeable decision about what just happened and have two of them screw it up that badly with no repercussions? Nothing that can happen. You probably, I'm pretty sure they're not going to change what happened. They're not going to just take that. I mean, they already said nothing happened, right? But just think about that level of incompetence in other jobs. Imagine if you went to a restaurant and you're, you, there's three people that need to be in the kitchen to prepare the meal that you spent a lot of money to purchase. And you purchase it with anticipation. You can't wait to enjoy this meal. And you heard about this meal. This meal is incredible and quadruple incredible and quintuple incredible and octuple incredible and all of that crap. You read about, oh, this is going to be the best meal in the world. It's a 27 star restaurant. I know the stars only normally go up to five, but this restaurant is so good on 27 stars and the meal is 8 billion stars. You're going to love it. It's expensive 
You got to wait in a long line to get there. But when you get there, man, it's going to be double incredible and quadruple incredible and all of that crap. You're going to love it. And you sit down and you got the plates and everything. You're sitting there with your lady and you're looking at each other and you're going, this is going to be the greatest meal in the world. We're going to, we already had a great place and we're going to, and it's going to be, we're going to, and we're going to enjoy the meal. It's going to be incredible and triple incredible. Honey, what do you think about this meal? Well, I know one thing is probably going to be double incredible and triple incredible and quadruple incredible and all of that crap. You know, we're really compatible. The simple fact that you have have picked up on my really, really annoying speech patterns and spit them back to me. Normally, that would be annoying, but you're hot. Speaking of hot, I hope this meal at double and triple and triple incredible is going to come out hot. And you look in the kitchen, you see the people preparing the food and you can't wait and you get the food. You start eating the food and you're halfway through the meal and there's a yes. And you see somebody else getting the same meal. But then you start noticing that the person who created the meal and is now creating the meal for them, you, you start to look at his hand and his hands look kind of dirty and not dirty like something just happened to them, but dirty like they've been dirty the whole time, the whole time, meaning the person with the dirty hand touched your food, too. Oh, and then you see the person who's the person, too, that's making the food. And that person has a runny nose, keeps touching their face and then touching the food. And you can tell by their shirt that their nose has not just started running. Their nose has been running the whole time. And so they got dirty hands and snotty face over there. They, they, if they touch their food and they're the one that making this meal, that means the dirty hands and snotty face touch your food and you had it in your mouth already ready oh granted there's another guy there that's actually very very clean and professional he's one of the three and he does the job correctly but that thing you can't think about that guy because he's cool there's nothing to complain about that guy what about the two people with the dirty fingers and snotty nose and touch the ground and you already ate it well that's what it was like last night to watch that fight you're sitting there and you're enjoying the fight that's incredible and great and hey, this is great and, and canelo's ahead now triple deeple's ahead while they're really fighting they're really ooh, they both hit each other with really good shots man they have both had good chance this is a great fight i'm gonna enjoy it it's incredible i'm pretty sure who won haha <laughs> just kidding i'm completely sure who won so let's just get the decision that what the what are you talking about a draw now granted you didn't get poisoned by the food but now you're wondering if what you saw in there was croutons or dirty hand chips. And you're going, well, how is this? This has the sauce on this is the kind of sauce that would easily hide snot. And, oh, God, hey. and that's how you felt after the fight. Uh -huh. If you spent money on the fight, like uh, we spent that bread to get that fight. And, oh, God. Oh. You had it in your mouth and now you can't even enjoy it. Why? Because dirty hands and snotty nose. A.K.A. the two judges who didn't know what the hell they were looking at completely ruined it. It's stuff like that that makes me not enjoy sports the way I used to. Everything that just comes along with it just gets worse and worse and worse. You know, you have all the stuff that's going on with the NFL. No need to rehash that. You know what I'm talking about. And it's like, come on, man. Really? Really? You're ganging up on a dude? Really? And you have people wanting to boycott the NFL and you have people coming on and are fighting against the people that want to boycott the NFL. And you see all the, the stupid, willing, willfully ignorant comments and the racist comments and the comments from people that probably don't even watch football but want to have an opportunity to say something racist or stupid. You got the CTE and you're thinking about the players who are doing a great job now, but 30 years from now, the guy's not even going to be able to enjoy his kids college graduation because he's going to be in the hospital 
Because we already knew these guys after the after the games. A lot of them were limping and had broken this and twisted that. And then they got, oh, my finger is backwards because of that time in 1995 when I sacked the quarterback, but my hand got caught in the helmet. And then everybody stepped on it, and I didn't even bother getting it fixed. And I figured what the and well, I, I always walk up the steps sideways because my spine is this way. And you're going, you're thinking about all of that stuff. And now I think about those things. Before I didn't think about those things. As soon as the person was no longer part of the, the NFL, they kind of faded off into the distance. Yes, some of them made it on TV as commentators, but they're always going to take the people that make it on TV as, as commentators, the ones that are still lucid, the ones that are still relatively healthy. They're not going to bring on the guy that's in a wheelchair. They're not going to bring on a guy that doesn't remember what time it is. They're not going to bring on a guy who's, who's, who's broken up. They're not bringing that person on. They're bringing on the healthy person. So you don't even think about those dudes. Those dudes are gone. You never see them again. You may see them when they're in the Hall of Fame, but they're, you know, they that might be 20 years from now sometimes. Right. And they're standing there, they, they're standing there with the picture, with the, with the jacket on. And you don't realize that somebody is standing behind him with a broomstick holding him up because he can't stand up by himself. You don't see these things. And these things are kind of piling on to me now and they're making me not enjoy sports, corrupt ass or at least incompetent judges in boxing. Sometimes in MMA, you have a couple of judges, a judge, it's an idiot. You know, in, in MMA, there's always one judge and everybody's the two judges that are kind of right. And one judge that just you figured it. Were you watching? Were you looking at the, the octagon or were you looking in the other direction? You, you know what I mean? Yeah, people taking steroids and everything. It's like, don't you know what's wrong? If you can't play the game without steroids, do something else. But it's kind of hard to say that to somebody when they have an opportunity to sign a 10 year, $175 million contract. Right. But all of these things kind of pile on and kind of suck the joy of watching sports out of it for me. I just can't. It's just. Ugh. I go to the supermarket today and all I can hear is dudes talking about how much they love boxing, but how much the judges suck. Man, these judges stink. Man, these judges stink. Man, they suck. They say, I mean, these judges stink. Girl, I know they stink. Girl, did you see that? I'm Megan, did you see? Yeah, I saw it. That was a horrible, wasn't it? It was a horrible decision. And that's what I kept hearing in the supermarket. People trying to draw me into the conversation. And all I could say was, I got news for you, man. I'm just, I'm just so annoyed right now. I don't even want to watch boxing anymore because, you know, apparently what I'm seeing in front of me doesn't exist according to the people making the decisions. Now, how in the world do you have people that incompetent? And allow them to do it again. Like the people that, especially the, I think the one person, if I remember correctly, that was completely opposite what actually happened in, 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 in the ring has done this before. They pulled that person's name up really quickly. Oh, this person has done it before. So that means the person has been this, in, this incompetent at their job before. There should never be a before because there should have never been an after. Right. Now go back to my scenario with the restaurant. If those two people were seen by people who eat the food in the restaurant and seen by the owner and you go, well, you know, I'm pretty sure they fired those people. The way people, the way everybody was out raising the restaurant, I bet you those two people are not back there cooking that. I mean, it's a 27 star restaurant. So, I mean, sure, you get rid of those two incompetent people. I mean, there's a staff of 70. So if you get rid of those two incompetent people, I'm sure they just threw them out of there. You go back to the restaurant and dirty hands and snotty fingers and snotty nose are still touching the food. And you're going, did you not hear how the whole restaurant went nuts and demanded their money back and people just kind of stormed out and pushed the tables over because of dirty fan, dirty hands and snotty nose and you have them back cooking again? 
well, you know, uh, you know, they, everybody makes mistakes. It's not mistakes. His hands are even dirtier now. And now she actually went out and brought her kids in because she ran out of snot. And she's actually wiping her hands on her kid's nose because the kid's nose is running. She brought in extra snot just to touch the food. You wouldn't go back to that restaurant, right? And in the real world, that would never happen in a restaurant when they know you can see it. They'd can those two bastards really, really quickly. But when we're in sports, you can have the complete incompetence and no one gives a crap. No one gives a crap. And they keep doing it. And we keep buying the fights. What about everybody said, you know what? Unless you come up with some judges that don't suck, we're not coming to or buying this crap. You come up with some judges that aren't idiots or we're not dealing with you. I think that would change pretty quickly. But unfortunately, even in the real world, outside of sports, a lot of times when we have people that are incompetent at their jobs, we still don't change those things, right? We'll have a doctor who'll do something really, really bad to somebody, but uh, nope, 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 nope. Can't get rid of the doctor. He's been at this hospital for so long. He's a resident of double quadruple, and he, he's left. This is the 15th straight patient. He's left the scalpel in there. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, <laughs> what's that over there? Are you trying to run out of the room by distracting me? Of course not. Get off that ladder and get back in there. Stop climbing out the damn window and answer the question. Damn it. You watch somebody get shot by an incompetent police officer. Now, before you get upset, realize a couple of things. I know most police officers do a good job. And before you go, you hate cops. I would have to ask you this question. Which cops do you think I hate the most? My personal friends who are on the force right now in the sheriff's office and, in, and actually on the force. Do I hate them? Do I hate the ones I do that did benefits for? Hmm, of course not. I don't hate anybody and I don't hate police officers. What I hate is people who are incompetent. And you know, although the, the majority of cops do their job well, I just want to get rid of the ones that suck. I just want to get rid of them. Just like if you had doctors in the hospital, if they suck, it doesn't mean you hate doctors. You hate incompetent doctors. Most of the doctors, the overwhelming majority of doctors are super competent. But there's a fraction of them that suck. So they should go just like judges, just like police officers who suck. If you're a good cop, love you. If you're a bad cop, the hell with you. If you're a good doctor, love you. If you're a bad doctor, the hell with you. If you're a good boxing judge, cool love you if you're a bad judge as a as a, a boxing judge judge the hell with you if you're a good politician great if you're a bad politician to hell with you if you're a good president great if you're a bad president to hell with you that's how i feel my friends you know and this isn't information for me. This is me trying to help you. Those of you that disagree with me, and I'm pretty sure probably 90% of the audience does agree with me. But for those that don't, this isn't for me. I'm trying to help you understand my point of view. There's nothing wrong with calling out incompetence. There's nothing wrong with removing someone who's incompetent at their job. I've never been at a job where I've been incompetent at my job. Except for maybe a couple of times. One time I just sucked at it. 
And I and I and I said and I, I even when I said, listen, I, I'm not good at this, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take a salary from you for being bad at the job. I know you're gonna you, you, I know you guys like me, and you're gonna want me to hang around and all this kind of stuff. But I already know I know what I'm capable of, and could I be okay at this job? Sure, but I don't think that I would be productive as you need to be, and I'm not taking a salary from you for doing something lame. So I'm out of here, and I did that, and I will do that. You should always do it. If you, if you know you can't do the job, if you can't handle it, get the hell out of there. You don't, you don't do the job. There's got to be something inside of you that lets you know you suck as a boxing judge. There's something that's got to be inside of you. If you're a police officer and you can't handle the job, if you know you suck, please do something else. If you're a doctor and you know you suck at your job, please go do something else. There's nothing wrong with admitting that you can't do something. There's nothing wrong with it. Sometimes you get forced into doing something that you can't, you're not good at. What about somebody grabbed you and you say, and just grabbed you and just took you and said, listen, um, the person who's supposed to be doing the open heart surgery on that lady's grandma, that doctor's stuck in traffic. We really want to start this operation now. Um, you're about the same height as the doctor. So here's a, here's a robe. We'll scrub you up and then they push you into the OR and there's a lady sitting there with her chest cracked open and they hand you some a scalp and they said, okay, doc, get to work. And they're going that they go, wait a second. Um, I'm an engineer, a mechanical engineer. Now, if you want me to draw some floor plans for you, I can do that. Okay. If you want me to design a building for you, I can do that. Okay. But, um, operating on arteries and all of that kind of crap. I don't know how to do it. I'm going to leave the OR. But if you're one of these boxing judges, you like, uh, yeah, I can take care of it. Uh, your, your, her heart's up there. Oh, okay. why you got the scalpel by her foot? Oh, I didn't know what I was doing. Hey. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with admitting you suck at the job. And there's nothing wrong with removing someone who does suck at the job. So boxing. You know these two judges absolutely suck. Don't let them judge boxing again. Okay? If you have law enforcement officers that suck, the rest of y'all that are good cops, look at those officers that suck. I know it's a small number compared to the large number. I get it. They don't represent all of you, but they're dishonoring you. If there's some officers that suck and you're the good police officers, get them the hell out of there. If you're a group of doctors and you know the doctor that's doing the operation blows, get his ass or her ass the hell out of there. If you know the person sucks and they're doing damage, get them out. That's all I'm saying. Right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting rid of someone that's incompetent if they are incompetent, if they're causing damage. That's all I'm saying. No hate. Just love. And I am only trying to help you, you bastards. <laughs> Segment over. Wait, you did what to who for how many Oreos, right? I sold uh, an eighth of weed for two Oreos and a cupcake. Oh, did you get fired? <laughs> Promoted. Wow. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, I am Matt Siebert. I'm Ryan Bennell. I'm Midnight Smoke. And we are the Mr. BS Show. We're a little show spread around the country. 
we're three angry friends who are trying to take over the world. But we don't do it successfully too often, so we just try to make everybody laugh. But I don't do that too often either, so. <laughs> Fuck you, Matt. So you guys uh, can find us uh, at the High Altitude Pod Network, which is at the highaltpod.net. Stitcher, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Damn right. Thanks, guys, and come check us out. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> I want to talk to you about something here. Uh, let me ask you this question. Have you ever just really dreaded something? Just it's like it's something that's coming up and you just anticipate how much it's absolutely going to just suck. You just you just don't want to do it. You don't want to deal with it. Maybe it's maybe it's meeting your girlfriend's parents for the first time or your boyfriend's parents for the first time. You know, maybe it's a maybe it's a dental appointment. and You know, daggone well, you're going to get a root canal when you go back. Maybe it's something like that, you know, because I've had that before and I've had girlfriends and I had a brief conversation on the phone with her with her brothers and sisters and her parents. And I. I already wanted to choke all of them. I mean, they were just really annoying, obnoxious people, you know, and I was really wondering what the deal was because I'm sitting there going a lot of times when there's a group of people, you, you, you find a group of people that's just sweet and charming and then they have that one relative or that it was a piece of crap and they're going, ugh, and you realize you got to deal with this jackass on Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, but, you know, so you're kind of dreading the months of, thir- of, uh, of November and December because you know you're going to have to see this punk on November and Thanksgiving you know like one month later you got to see his punk ass again so you know the last two months of the year you were dreading them you were dreading them before you you look forward to Thanksgiving you look forward to Thanksgiving with your last girlfriend or you look forward to Thanksgiving when you didn't have a girlfriend you know you look forward to Christmas when you didn't have a girlfriend but now you don't look forward to Christmas anymore you dread 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 that time and you're looking at the calendar and you're watching October melt away. October is melting away like your personal ozone layer. It's the only thing protecting you from the last two months of the year. You know, when the dreaded ozone layer of October oozes away and you are now unprotected from the deadly rays of her idiot family members and you know you're looking at the calendar as October 15th, 17th, 20th. Oh no. October. Oh God. And now there's nothing to protect you from the bastards because the phone calls about Thanksgiving start as like Thursday, November 1st at 12.01. You know, the countdown has begun and you already hate this month because this month means it's the month you got to see these dumbasses, right? And then just as you survive the Thanksgiving with these pieces of crap, you look at the calendar, December starts and oh no, it's another month where you have to, not only do you have to deal with these punks, now you have to buy gifts for people you can't stand in the first place. Not only do I not, hey, do I hate your guts? I hate your guts because it costs me a grand and I have to buy gifts that you're not even going to like. Well, not me particularly, the, the couple at the time and the couple that cost that amount of money to buy gifts or all of those losers. I mean, those people, uh, but I'm not with her anymore. I meant losers. Y'all stink. 
Oh, I hate when there's something that's just off to the distance that you just dread dealing with. It's just sitting there waiting for you like a mugger in an alley. Right? I don't know if you've ever been mugged, but a lot of times when you get mugged, and it's happened to me twice, you know, and when you when you get the one time I didn't know it was coming and the other time I did, I did know it was coming, you know, and the time I didn't know it was coming was horrible because you don't know what the hell just happened to you. Fortunately, I didn't lose money either time, but you still wind up getting pushed over something. Somebody tries to grab stuff and they can't get it and they realize, oh, crap, I got to get out of here for, you You know, and they run away. And the other time I knew it was coming, so I was prepared for it. But still, you don't want to have to deal with that crap. You're walking down the street and like, oh, God, this is the only way out of here. And I got to go through these jackasses. And I already know what's about to happen. This it sucks. And some guy tries to mug you and you wind up getting into a fist fight with a guy. Fortunately, I whooped his ass, but you could have just as easily whipped my ass. I didn't know if he's some kind of kung fu expert or something. It just so happens that he got his ass whooped. I mean, it's not like I didn't get hit. I got cracked in the head a couple of times. You know, it wasn't like he was completely incompetent in whipping ass. But fortunately for me, I was better at whipping ass than he was. And he got his ass whipped. But I still got hit and it was not fun. I didn't go out of the house going, hey, I hope I get have hope I have to get into a fist fight with somebody who's younger and slightly bigger than me. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do today. No. But let me tell you something. We've all been there when you dreaded something. Right. Maybe you took some tests at the damn hospital and you're pretty sure you're good. But, you know, you're not going to get the results back for whatever amount of time it takes to get the results. You're sitting in the waiting room or you're laying in the bed in the emergency room and you're pretty sure you're fine. And you kind of want them to open the curtain and come back into your room and tell you what the hell with the test is. And but something about you don't want them to come back in there because you don't know what they're going to say when they come back in there. Oh, no. I hate when I dread something. I remember one time I got sick. You know, I had, I forgot what it was. That was food poison or something. And they gave me some medicine or some crap like that. And I had to take these stupid pills, right? And he said, don't take, he says, we gave you a dose tonight in your IV bag, but here's the bottle. You make sure you finish all 10 pills. And then, you know, you will evacuate from your stomach and everything will be fine. You'll feel a little queasy, but this, that, and the other one. And I didn't give a crap about feeling queasy because I felt so bad. What difference does it make? But then I didn't even look at the bottle. I just looked at the bottle to see if it was my name. He double checked it. I didn't even look at the pills. Went home and I said, all right, I'm gonna, what I'm going to do since I get it, I'm going to take the pill out and I'm going to put it on my desk on top of this cup. So, you know, I just went, I just went, and I saw the size of the pill. And he said, don't take it till tomorrow. And I saw the size of the pill. And this was a big ass pill. I don't know what that I'm sick. Don't, you don't well, I could, you could put it in the IV bag, which means you have it in liquid form. But you're giving me these big ass pills to swallow. And all night I'm thinking about the fact that and it's not like you could crush the pill. You had to swallow the damn thing. And I got home and it was like four o'clock in the afternoon and I had put the pill on top of the cup. So I would make sure that I took the pill first thing in the morning. As soon as I got up and I look at the pill and it was a big ass pill, a giant pill. That pill was looking at me like you ever you ever been in a fight at school where there's somebody who wants to beat the crap out of you. And not only do they want to beat the crap out of you, they want to engage in psychological warfare with your punk ass. So every time they walk by your classroom door to go to the bathroom, they stop by the window. They wait till you're looking at the window and then they do that thing where they put their fist to their eyes they point to the clock they point to you they put their fist to their eyes again they laugh and they walk away 
and you realize this person has made six excuses to go to the bathroom just to threaten you. And you know, daggone well, at three o'clock and one second, this person is going to start punching the crap out of you or beating the crap out of you. And you don't want the crap beaten out of you, but they're going to want to beat the crap out of you. Well, I felt like that pill was doing the same thing to me. Every time I looked at my desk, that pill was sitting there looking at me like, I'm going to get your ass tomorrow, punk. I'm going to get your ass tomorrow, punk. I'm going to choke your punk ass tomorrow because that's what the pill was saying to me, the size of that punk ass pill. And I'm going to have to take 10 of the punk ass pills because when that pill that was sitting on top of the cup looked at me and said, I'm going to choke your punk ass, the other pills screwed the top off the bottle from the inside. I didn't know they could do that. And they called up to the top and they said, leave some for me. Don't choke them to death. Just choke the crap out of almost to death because there's nine of us in here that are equally as big and intimidating as you and we want to crack at that punk ass and I said why are you ganging up on me and they all called me the n-word okay that part's not true but the part about them talking and all of that stuff that part's kind that, that by that part's true at least in my mind and don't judge me f y'all and I dreaded it. I dreaded it. Oh, I did not want to. I literally was, was looking at the clock and counting down the hours because I knew when I was going to get up and I knew what time I was going to wake up and I knew what time the alarm clock was going to go. And I knew roughly five minutes after that alarm went off, I was going to have to choke down that punk ass pill. And I didn't want to choke down that punk ass pill because I didn't really have to take pills, but I got to take this pill. And it's five o'clock now. It's only been an hour and I'm looking at the pill and the pill's sitting there with a dry erase board and it says choke him and it drew a picture of me choking which was kind of amazing I didn't know not only does this pill actually have the ability to talk but it did quite good artwork you know even more so when I looked over at the desk the other nine pills that actually put up chairs and we're, we're going we're giving them the thumbs up i mean man these pills can draw well i guess they can draw they got thumbs and well anyway and then now it's six o'clock oh no it's only been two hours it's not even dinner it's dinner time now and i'm eating food and I'm, I'm, I'm eating food and i said let me take this food down to my desk so i can get some work done and i'm eating the food and the pills looking at me going <laughs> tomorrow bitch i can't believe that the thing said tomorrow bitch to me and then i could hear the other pills back in the bottle going, we gonna get us ass we gonna get us ass we gonna get us now but this time i took the pill bottle and turned it upside down i said screw that out you little punk asses try to get out of that and then they were like well we really gonna choke you now that you did that shit because they were pills of vindictive bastards and now it's seven eight nine 10, 11, 12. Normally, I don't go to bed at 12 o'clock. Normally, I don't even go to bed to around 2 o'clock. I try to finish what I'm doing. But I realize I'm not going to be able to be able to get the real good sleep. I don't trust those pills. Maybe those pills will try to gang up and choke me while I'm sleeping. Maybe they don't want to wait to choke me when I'm trying to take the medicine. I turn out the light. It's 2 o'clock now. So let me try to get some sleep. And I could hear a sound. I could hear things moving. And I jumped up really quickly because now I had a remote control for the light and I turned the light back on and I saw a bunch of pills and each one of them had a rope in their hand. And they said, hey, man, this is not for us choking you, man. We were just measuring rope for something that had nothing to do with choking you to death in your sleep. And I said, you bastards. So I took the pills. I put them back down and put them back in the bottle. I took the pill that I took out. I put it back in the bottle. I took the bottle. I closed it up tight. I put some tape around it. And I shook it up just to be vindictive. I shook the bottle just to be vindictive. I shook the bottle just to be vindictive. And then I put it underneath the lamp 
and the lamp was getting kind of warm. And I said, well, it's not supposed to be at this particular temperature. I said, don't like being tortured, do your pills, F y'all. Now I go to sleep when I can hear them cursing in through the bottle, little pussies. I wake up in the morning, time the alarm. I actually woke up about one minute before the alarm went off. I looked up at the alarm and I'm going, ah, damn it. I get up and I turn off the alarm, but there's no reason for it to go off now. I'm already awake. And I look at the pill bottle and all of the pills are staring at me through the bottle, smiling and doing that thing where you put your fist up to your eye to threaten somebody. And they're all putting their little hands to their necks for the choke gesture. And I'm like, all right, I'm a man, you little bitches. I'm a man, punk. Bring it. Bring it, punks. I open up the pill bottle and I flip through the pills. I said, which one of you was going to be first? And the pill that was the first pill I put on the cup jumped up and then the pill looks at me like <laughs> it's time now and I look at the pill like yeah it is time punk and the other pills are talking about get him get him get him and I said yeah and I picked the pill up in my hand I had took the water and then I took an I took an aspirin and I put it in my mouth and the pill goes what I said yeah you gonna need help punk and I put the pill in my mouth, I put the water in my mouth, and I used the mouth of water to open up the throat. And I swallowed the water and the pill and the aspirin were in the water and they go right down with no problem. Oh yeah. I dreaded that pill, dreaded it. And as it turns out, it wasn't that big of a deal. And after I swallowed that pill and an aspirin at the same time with no problem, I looked at the pill bottles. And they all kind of put their hands up as if to say, you the man, you the man. And I said, you're damn right, punks. And they got back into the bottle and they very sheepishly got back in and screwed the tap top back on for themselves because they knew their little punk asses didn't want none of this. Fuck pills. Yeah, I opened the top back up and said, yeah, bitches. And then I put the top back on because no pill intimidates me, punk. I dreaded those. I dreaded taking that medicine. I was afraid. I didn't want to deal with that crap. I didn't want to mess with those pills. What those pills needed to realize was, what you mess with the bull, you get the horn. And we've all been through that situation where you just dreaded something. Oh, I don't want to deal with that. Oh, this is going to suck. And you wind up going to do it. And the crap turns out to be not that, not that big of a deal. That's the only positive thing about dreading something is when you dread it, you actually go through the situation, you actually deal with the circumstance, and as it turns out, you're able to deal with it. That's one of the best things. A friend of mine was feeling it was feeling that way about he was dreading being a dad. Right? He didn't tell his wife, and I'm not gonna say which friend it is, although I could say which friend it is, and I think <laughs> there's a friend of mine that's gonna be really, really open to lending me money and not wanting it back. <laughs> you know who you are, and yeah, I'll bust you out and tell your wife, punk. Anyway, but he was afraid of it. And why was he afraid of it? The same reason a lot of people are afraid of it. You never really know what you're gonna get when you have the kid, do you? 
Right. You could wind up with a kid that turns out to be the greatest kid in the world and the sweetest and the greatest kid in the world. Or you could talk about that kid that's in the toy store that's flipping out. And when you see the parents start screaming at him, normally you go, you know, really, that parent really, you know, you really you shouldn't scream at your kid like that. That's wrong. Because, I mean, it's just a little kid. You shouldn't yell at your kid like that. But sometimes you see a kid that's so bad that you actually go over to the security cameras and turn them to the side. So there's no evidence that the person was yelling at the kid so when they go did you we understand that you yelled at the kid in an inappropriate way and they're going well do you have any film of well no some guy uh turned the camera sideways I, I, yeah you're damn right yell at the little punk okay i don't advocate that but you get the point sometimes kids suck but sometimes you see people that have a lot of kids whether there are a lot of their kids, the kids that they had themselves or it's a group of kids at a party or something. And you realize the more kids you have. And it's not just kids. The more people you have around you, the bigger your group of friends, the bigger the group of kids, the more people you add to the group, the more chances that are that one of them is going to absolutely suck. And that's one of the things I dread. That's what is right. I really don't open up my circle of friends as much as I could. Because we've done that a few times and I dread that moment when you have somebody who's part of your friends and they, the new person to your group of friends. And, you know, there's always that chance that that person's going to suck. We've had that before. Somebody seemed cool and the dreaded moment happens. You go out there, hang out with them at the bar and they seem cool under normal circumstances. The person has one half of one tenth of one thimble worth of beer. And the next thing you know, he's trying to punch somebody in the throat and everybody's looking at you because you came in with them oh no i know you've been in you may have been in situations like that that's happened to me before and i dreaded that i was like oh i didn't even want to have this guy around but he seemed like a nice enough guy and i dreaded the moment that that kind of thing was going to happen and hadn't happened up to, up until that point and all of a sudden this same guy who seemed nice and funny and charming and cool and was great to hang out with but all of us all of a sudden the place we like to go he comes in and we're palling around with the guy and he seemed to be great so of course we're palling around with him and what does he do he starts to try to kick people's ass because he actually had one drop of beer in his mouth the dumb bastard and now all of a sudden we can't go to that place anymore place we like to go we can't go there anymore because this jackass happened I dreaded that happening. I dreaded bringing in some new people and having the person turn out to be a piece of crap. Oh, and I really liked that place. I really did. Okay, full disclosure. I can now go back to that place. I'll be honest with you. I can go back. You know, I mean, we're all like, well, I'll tell you one thing. If you don't like us we won't come back and then i i'm sitting there going maybe y'all ain't coming back but my ass is going back there there's a couple of reasons one i like the, i like the, the the chicken fingers i also like that waitress that was smiling at me so i mean y'all we cool and everything but maybe you ain't coming back but i'm coming back you know I, I, so i started the guy go back and go what happened to the dudes i say hey, man I'm, you know, I'm not hanging out with them right now oh, okay well you know we actually like you you can come back so thanks a lot and then i started dating the waitress and boom boom jiggity boom da, boom jiggy jiggy we banged the crap out of each other for a couple of months and then the dreaded thing happened it turned out that even though she was super hot she was also super nuts 
And I dreaded that. You dread, people still tease me. Old friends still tease me. Remember that really hot woman you was, you were banging the crap out of and it turns out she was crazy and she started stalking you and shit. And I'm like, yeah, it's really great. I really wanted you to bring that back up, you piece of crap bastard. And he goes, that's what you get for going back to that place without us. And I'm like, you saw her, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah she was, she was hot as hell. I, I, I kind of don't blame you. And I was like, yeah, whatever. <sighs> When I think about it, though, even though every, I, you know, I, I kind of dreaded her being crazy, the the six months of intense power banging kind of made it worth it. Almost it was almost yeah, it was worth it. I mean, she didn't do anything violent. She was just kind of nuts. So somebody said to me, "Listen, see that smoking hot, Halle, better than Halle Berry looking woman over there? She, you, you and her are going to get it on for like six months straight, and then she's going to go a little nuts, and then you're going to say, hey, I can't do this anymore.' She's going to go, well, f you, f this, knock a table over, but then you never see her again.'" And I would say I, that that was worth it. I mean, I wouldn't deal with that now, but when you when you're in your early twenties, you'll deal with it. If you were to tell me your friends are going to be mad at you, but then they're going to realize that that you really just wanted to get back to that waitress, and they're going to go, "Well, you know what? Now that we saw her, we don't blame you. Everything's cool." You know, I, I would still would have done it. You know, that was very, very young me. I dreaded them finding out. But as it turns out, it was nothing really to worry about because they saw why I did it. And they saw her and they were like, well, I dreaded her being crazy because she, she had a little sign of craziness. And I was like, oh, please don't let that come out. And it did come out, but it really wasn't that bad. Sometimes you dread things. and As it turns out, it's OK. Nothing really bad happens. It's OK. I'm going to be honest with you. We're going to go back to the pills for a moment. And I don't, I don't want to be really gross about this, but I have to let you know that the way the pills were designed, that I ingested the pills individually and I was the medicine in the pill. I did get into that into my system. But let's just say. Seven, six or seven hours later, I saw the pill casing again. I'm not going to say how I'm just going to say it was in the toilet and it was really great. I mean, normally you don't look in the didn't look, but you, you, may, you may take a quick peek just to make sure that, you know, you don't see anything weird in there before you push the, the lever down because you want to look down and go, hey, that's my small intestine. You don't want to see that. So you take a quick peek just to get an idea of what your health, your health situation was. And as I pushed the lever down and everything left away. It was almost like I had a battle with the pill and that was his discarded carcass on the battlefield after I defeated it. I went to the pills home, took all of the stuff as valuables from inside the pill casing. I plundered it and took what I needed and left its remains to be moved on and discarded like the loser in battle that it was. Ha <laughs> uh. You know, normally when I, I do these podcasts, I don't I when in the middle of recording a segment, I'm not really aware of how weird what I say is. But for some reason, this is the first time in all these years, almost four years that I'm listening to a segment as I'm recording it. And I realize that I'm a very disturbed individual sometimes. <laughs> don't judge me you bastards you're the ones listening to this crap for four years <laughs> but 
This is not for me. This is not for me. I'm trying to help you, damn it. Right? Don't dread things, man. It's almost never as bad as you think. It's almost never as bad as you think. Let that thing that you're afraid of come to you. And just like that pill, you plunder the bastard. You take all the stuff you need from the enemy. And you flush that bastard down in victory. <laughs> wow, I need help. And so do you, because you love this crap. <laughs> Segment over. And now a word from a member of my Pottern family. Come on, Bry man. The LeBron train's going. You gotta get on. Th that's terrific. Why don't you just feed me to the lions? Step on my head when I'm drowning. What a great friend. What? What, what do you mean, what? Shane, this is completely against the rules. You have a pre-show and a show to seal the deal. Period. There's no overtime. Oh, no overtime? No! What about the test run a year ago? Oh, that's bullcrap. Yeah, yeah, you thought I forgot about that, huh? Two hours in and you drag on about how great Greg Popovich is. That's a completely different situation. How? But what do you mean, how? He's the leader of the Quiet Dynasty. He's changed the game. There's no reason to not adore him. The, the Quiet Dynasty. Give me a break. That was our first episode. You better lock it up. You better lock it up. No, you lock it up. You lock it up. You lock it up. Lock it up. You can find Sports and Sorts with Shane and the Bryman on iTunes or www.sportsandsorts.libson.com. Well, everybody, this has been episode number 285 of the S. Anthony Says Podcast. And I want to thank you very, very much for stopping by, for hanging out, for showing me that love that you've been showing me for years. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. And I love every last one of you bastards. Do me a favor, my friends. If you dig this show and you know somebody that you think will like this show, share this show to them. Tell them to do tell them to listen to this crap. If you're listening to this on some kind of podcatcher and it has the the option of rating the show, rate and review this show. I, I would really appreciate it. If you want to contact me, questions, comments or suggestions, send it to this email address. Talk to S. Anthony at Gmail dot com. Talk to us, Anthony at gmail.com. That's the word to T.O., not the number two. So it's talk to S. Anthony at gmail.com on social media. On Twitter, I have two, one specifically for me, and that is at S. Anthony Thomas. One specifically for this show, it's at S. Anthony says I am on Instagram with my name, S. Anthony Thomas. And this podcast can be heard everywhere and i'm talking about itunes stitcher tune in radio iheart radio spreaker and the home base is it is s anthony says dot podbean dot com folks folks we've come to an end of another episode and i want to thank you for sticking with me you bastards now i'm going to say goodbye the way i always say goodbye i know you say it with me i didn't know that you did but apparently you say it with me while i say it i didn't know that was a thing but since it's a thing let's do it together on the count of three are you ready of course you're ready here we go one two three s anthony out